This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, it's good to be with you this evening. I, I want to thank a very healthy and healed Apostle Theo for the wonderful privilege of being able to share the word with you. Those of you that are here, those of you that are streaming in from wherever it may be, I believe we'll be really blessed tonight by this word. Remember that when you are hearing a word, it is really God speaking to you. It's God that is actually imparting the word to you. So I believe that you'll be blessed tonight. And thank you also to Dr. Bev for the wonderful opportunity and um, the fact that they trust me with their sheep. Let's pray, folks. Father, thank you for the wonderful privilege that we have to come before you as your children, Father. We are able to gather, and we know that that number is going to continue to grow. Thank you, Father, for your word that will go forth tonight and and just impact the hearts of everyone that would hear it, even those that would listen a week or two or three weeks from now to the recording that they would be blessed by your word, which really is alive and a two-edged sword. So, Father, we just give you thanks for being our wonderful God, and I'm completely reliant and dependent on you tonight, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, it's good to see everybody here tonight, and and for those of you that are tuning in, you're so welcome to our service this evening. I want to speak to you tonight about, or the title, rather, let me say, of my message is Developing an Appetite. For Thanksgiving, developing an appetite for Thanksgiving. I think it's quite an appropriate word given the season that we're in at this point in time. And you know, an appetite, if we were just to drill down into that word for a moment, an appetite really speaks about a strong desire. It speaks about a liking of something, a craving actually, a longing and a yearning. And God He wants us to know that thanksgiving is critical in our lives. In his eyes, thanking God and being thankful towards him and living a life of thanksgiving are very important in the eyes of God. One of the Bible's indictments actually against a rebellious humanity is found in Romans chapter one, verses 21. And it says, it talks about people who know God. It says, although they knew God, They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Think about that. They knew God. They were no strangers to God, and he was no stranger to them. I wonder what their relationship with God was like. I wonder what the condition of their heart was like. They knew God, and yet they did not glorify him, and they gave him no thanks. Maybe. Maybe they didn't know that they needed to give God thanks. Do you think that would be possible? I don't think so. But I can tell you what did happen to these people that are spoken about in the book of Romans. If you continue to read Romans chapter 1, you'll find that the reason why they did not revere God was because they didn't treat God like God. They created images of who they wanted God to be, and they directed their worship towards those things. And in doing so, you continue to read Romans 1, I tell you, it's quite shocking what they got up to. But in doing so, they drifted away from God to the point where their moral status became absolutely warped. You see, our appetite for thanksgiving shapes our relationship with God. 
Billy Graham once said that nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. And he said that nothing will do more to restore content, uh, contentment and the joy of our salvation than the true spirit of thankfulness. In the ancient world, we know that leprosy was a terrible disease. It hopelessly disfigured those who had it, and it permanently cut them off from normal society. I mean, it was a terrible thing. It still is a terrible thing, but it, especially in those days, it was a terrible thing. And without exception, every leper yearned for one thing. You know what that was? To be healed. That's what they desired most. And one day, 10 lepers approached Jesus outside a village. Loudly, they shouted to Jesus, even spit flew, I'm sure, like it just did with me, pleading with him to heal them. And in an instant, just like our God is, he restored them all to perfect health. But only one, think about that, out of the 10, only one came back and thanked God, thanked Jesus for what he had done. All the rest of them left without a word of thanks. The very thing they desired in life, the one thing, and yet they carried on without even turning back to thank God. Their minds were preoccupied only with themselves, gripped with the spirit of ingratitude. Today, too, ingratitude and thanklessness are far too common. Children forget to thank their parents. Not my kids, but I know there are kids that forget to thank their parents for all that they do. Common courtesy is scorned. We take for granted the ways that others help us. Above all, we fail to thank God for his blessings. As we saw in Romans chapter 1, verses 21, though the people knew God, think about that, they knew God, they never glorified him nor gave thanks to God. Though they knew him, we could sometimes get wrapped up in our own worlds really, really tight and forget about God. An ungrateful heart is a heart that is cold towards God and indifferent to his mercy and his love. And, you know, this month we're celebrating Thanksgiving. That's our theme for this month. It's so good for us to be able to remember what God has done. We're nearly at the end of the year, and here we are tonight. Here you sit before me. Here I stand before you. There you are at home watching. And I'm sure there must have been a time in this year at some point where that was probably not even something that we could imagine. It's a heart, talking about thanksgiving, it's a heart that has forgotten how dependent we are. This is ungratefulness. A heart that's forgotten how dependent we are on God for everything. Thankfulness is the natural overflowing of a heart that is tuned into God. That's what thankfulness is. It should come naturally from someone who's tuned in and has a tight relationship with God. The psalmist declared in Psalm 147 verse seven to sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. We did that so beautifully tonight. I mean, the presence of God was so evident here in this place tonight. Did you enjoy worship tonight? Was it not good to give God thanks? I loved it when Pumi said, we're not here for ourselves right now. We're here just to give God thanks. It's his time. Paul wrote in, in the book of Colossians, he said that we are to be thankful. You see, a spirit of thanksgiving is always the mark of a joyous Christian. Why should we be thankful? Because God has blessed us, and we should be thankful for each blessing that he has given us. But thanksgiving, folks, is more than just good manners. 
Thanksgiving is far more than that. Thanksgiving celebrates and it elevates God. You know, God enjoys our praises. He loves our appreciation of him. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. He loves to be there. He loves to dwell in the praises of his people. When we give thanks, we are glorifying God. Can you say that with me? Even those of you at home, let's say this. Say, when I give thanks, I am glorifying God. The very thing we saw, Romans tell us that the people did not do, they didn't glorify God and they didn't give him thanks. When we give thanks, we are doing exactly that. We are glorifying God. Look at Psalm chapter 69, verses 30. David says, I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. That's what we're doing. We're glorifying God with thanksgiving. You see, David understood this. He understood that one gives God thanks for what he has done. But you see, the life of David, I believe, was at an advanced level of thanksgiving. And really, I'd like to just focus a little bit on that this evening. You see, David, I believe, had developed a healthy appetite for thanksgiving. How many of you would love to develop a healthy appetite for thanksgiving? In fact, David did not only have a relationship with God, he prepared a throne for God in his life, and God enjoyed being seated on that throne. Think about that for a moment. He prepared a throne for God in his life. Would you like to be known as someone who has prepared a throne for God to enjoy in your own life? How many of you'd love to be known as someone who prepared a throne for God to enjoy in your own life? Our, our worship enthrones God in our lives. Say that with me. Say, my worship enthrones God in my life. In Psalm chapter 22, verses three, David says that God is enthroned upon the praises of his people. Through worship, we create for God a throne that he can come and sit upon. When we engage in thanksgiving and praise and worship, we enthrone God over our circumstances, which is necessary, whether our circumstances are peaceful at the moment or whether they're in turmoil, it doesn't matter. We put God on a throne in our lives. God doesn't just wanna be on that throne when things are going well for us. He loves to be on that throne all the time. Just think about the disciples for a moment. When Jesus told them to go to the other side of the lake, God knew that something would happen. Something would try to come against what he'd instructed to take place. But he knew that they'd go across to the other side. So when we go through a difficult time, God expects to be enthroned on our praises. Of course, he loves it when we recognize the good that he has done. But we should live a life like David where he permanently put God on a throne. Thanksgiving always leads to greater praise. When we meditate upon the goodness of God and when we consider the testimonies of what he has done in our lives, how many of you can think back to a time in your life where God had just done an amazing thing? When we consider those testimonies and all that God has done in the lives of those around us, surely you know people where God has done a great work in their lives. It ignites praise within our hearts. And as we begin to thank him for what he has done, the Bible says that we are entering into his gates through that. It opens our eyes to his goodness. Why? So that our praise is provoked within us, which takes us deeper and closer to him. Like I said earlier on, praise and thanksgiving is a relationship thing. 
It takes us deeper and closer to God into the courts of his presence, the Bible says. You know, at this point in time, in America specifically, they celebrate Thanksgiving in November. Thanksgiving is celebrated actually in many countries. I didn't know this until I looked it up and, and just did a little bit of research about it. November in particular is when the Americans celebrate. Now, I always used to believe that the Americans did that, that they celebrated Thanksgiving in November because the Americans always have to be first with everything. So I thought that they needed to, they needed to celebrate Christmas before anybody else, and that truly was what I used to believe. I always thought it was a Christmas celebration. But the truth is that it was a celebration that was birthed in the 16th century. And they used to celebrate, or the first time that it was celebrated in America was when they had a great harvest. And so they would mark that time of the year to celebrate God and to glorify Him. And my screen is really stuck. I just wanted to say that. Anyhow, so that is what happened. That is how Thanksgiving was birthed in America. And we, we know that, that they celebrated every year. And on the third Thursday, or the fourth Thursday, sorry, of every year, the Americans celebrate Thanksgiving, which is coming up shortly. And so, um, I always believed that they did it in November because the Americans always have to be first with everything. So that's what my notes said. But the reason for them celebrating Thanksgiving originated, as I said, back in the 1600s. In fact, what happened was, Back in those days, in 1621, round about there, they used to thank God many times a year. They used to have thanksgivings. It wasn't just marked for one particular day in a year. And they would thank God when they won a war, for example. Or they would thank God when they came through a terrible drought. That's what would happen. So that tradition lives on today as we know it. And the way that they celebrate Thanksgiving, think about it, is with a great feast. Isn't that what happens at Thanksgiving? We know that it's all about eating, right? They celebrate with a great feast. And so David also feasted in the midst of his most difficult times because he had an appetite for thanksgiving. Let's move on to the next one. Okay. And the next one. Right. So we have so much to be grateful for. Throughout the Bible, we'll find various reasons why we need to be grateful to God. In fact, God instructs us to be thankful. Do you know that? God instructs us to give Him thanks, to live a life of thanksgiving, to develop a healthy appetite for thanksgiving. I'd like to just, for a few moments, take two very prominent figures in the Bible. We are all familiar with them. And I want to just contrast thanksgiving across these two very important people that God speaks about often in his word. In fact, it's more about the children of Israel and Moses contrast with David and what they teach us about thanksgiving. Moses taught the people to relate to God on the provision level. So what does that mean? It means that Moses had to continuously tell the people, remember to thank God when he has done this for you. He had to keep reminding them, listen, God did this for you and God did that for you. And, and he had to always bring that to their attention. It was like it couldn't happen 
by themselves. Moses had to say, when God blesses you, obey him. He said that when he blesses you, remember God. He said to them, when he keeps his covenant with you, keep his command that it may go well with you. So after the Israelites had been in the wilderness for a long time and were ready to enter into the promised land, Moses again had to remind them not to forget God and all that he had done for them. Moses was afraid that once they had settled down and built their houses and accumulated some wealth, that they would forget God's guidance throughout all the years that he had been with them. And you can go and read about that in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Moses was afraid that they would forget that God had given them food and water when they were hungry. He was afraid that uh, they would forget that God made sure that their clothes never outgrew them or or wore, that their their feet were never swollen and they never cracked all those years in the wilderness. He wanted them to realize that even though they went through dark days in the desert, that God still took care of them. That's what he wanted for them. Can you think about that? Just think about that for a moment, how you have to keep reminding them, guys, remember to thank God. Come on, guys, remember God did this. Remember the Red Sea? It seemed like they forget too quickly. And that often happens when all we do is look at ourselves and look at our comfort or discomfort. Look at where we are in life. Try to compare ourselves with others. You do that, and you forget quickly what God has done for you. Run your own race, family. Run your own race. Be mindful of your own walk in life and be grateful to God for what he has done for you. Stop looking to the left and to the right. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 15. Moses pleading with the people, he says to them, do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with poisonous snakes and scorpions. In other words, he protected you through the deep valleys as David would term them. He protected them from the scorpions, from the enemy, from the enemy that was right at their heels, but they never, he never got it right to hurt them because God took care of them. He says, he carries on and says, where it was hot and dry, he gave you water from a rock and he fed you manna in the wilderness. God ensured that you feasted even in your darkest day. Now, some of you might say, but come on, this is fundamentals, man. Surely people know that they should thank God for the good thing in his life. Well, let me tell you that Moses had a tough time getting this right with the people. He didn't have to just tell them once over a period of a week. This was an ongoing thing that had to happen. All the time he had to remind him. Whereas David, now David teaches us to thank God even though David wasn't considering the circumstances. That didn't drive him to thank God. The fact that he had a relationship with God, the fact that God was mindful of David was enough for him to give God thanks. Moses taught the people to thank God for what they could see. David taught the people to trust God even though they could not see. What are you going to do? For those of you at home, what are you going to do? Are you only going to thank God when you can see the evidence of his presence? Or are you going to recognize his presence in the presence of your enemies? God desires that we reach a stage of praise where we are not only thanking God for his provision. And of course, that will always be the right thing to do, obviously. It's a great starting point. But what about taking it to a new level, folks? What about taking, or what about thanking God for his presence even when we don't see? Moses, he knew the importance of God's presence. He understood 
the need for God's presence. In fact, Moses said to God, listen, in Exodus 33, 15, he said, if your presence does not go with us, then don't lead us from here. He's saying, God, if you don't go with us, if your presence is not with us, don't move us another step from where we are. That was, Moses understood that quite well. But you see the people, they didn't get it. You see, Thanksgiving is a relationship thing. It's not simply good manners. The children that he was leading, they hadn't gotten it. They were afraid, think about that. They were afraid of God's presence. Are you afraid of God's presence? I don't know. They were. We read in Romans 1, people who knew God did not give him thanks. Maybe that was a reason why. Maybe it was because they were afraid of God's presence. I don't know. Well, I do. I explained what happened. They made their own gods, gods that suited them. So Thanksgiving is a relationship thing. If Thanksgiving, think about this for a moment, if Thanksgiving brings us into God's presence, then being afraid of His presence would mean that they were not in the habit of glorifying God. They never had a relationship with God. If they were afraid of His presence, then their relationship was definitely at a place where I never want mine to be with God. Listen to Exodus 20. It says, out of the message translation, it says, all the people experienced the thunder. Listen, all the people. All of them as a whole experienced the thunder and lightning, the trumpet blast and the smoking mountain. In other words, they experienced the presence of God. But what does it say? They were afraid. They pulled back and stood at a distance. They said to Moses, you speak to us. And we'll listen, but please, Moses, don't have God speak to us or we will surely die. Moses spoke to the people. He said to them, don't be afraid. Come on, guys, this is your God. God has come to test you and to instill a deep and reverent awe within you so that you won't sin. He wants to have a relationship with you so that sin would not be a challenge for you in your life. The people, the Bible says in verse 21, the people kept their distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. In other words, his presence. The people kept their distance, but Moses, he understood the presence of God. He wasn't afraid. The same as David. David saw God as his shepherd, in fact. David wasn't afraid of God. He wasn't distant from God. He saw God as his shepherd, near to him, concerned about him, protecting him. Look what David said in Psalm 23 verses 4. He says, even when the way goes through death valley, just like the Israelites when they went through the desert, even when the way goes through death valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. He knew God was with him even in those times. Your trusty shepherd's crook made me feel secure. He was secure in his relationship with God. That's why thanksgiving came out of the overflow in David's heart. He understood the relationship with God. Then look what David says. This is so powerful, I have to have a sip of water, man. This is gonna rock your world. David says this in Psalm 23, verses five. He says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. He says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. David could eat with his enemies around him. Can I tell you something? When I'm stressed and anxious, and worried, and expecting the worst, 
It does happen. I'd have to be transparent with you. When I'm wondering if God is actually going to come through for me, you know what happens when I'm in that place? I lose my appetite. That's what happens. I don't want to eat when I'm stressed. I don't want to eat when I'm in a, in a place of distress and anxiety because I'm worried. That's taking over my appetite. But David, David is saying that in the presence of his enemies, God prepares a feast for him. In the presence of my enemies, David said, in the presence of confusion, in the presence of addiction, in the presence of insecurities, in the presence of the threat that I'm not going to make it, in the presence of children that are distant from me, in the presence of what I have lost, David had an appetite for thanksgiving. Even in the presence of his enemies, he feasted. David recognized God's presence in the presence of his enemies. Will you recognize God's presence in the presence of your enemies? Worship and thanksgiving may not make your enemies disappear. I'm not saying that for a moment. It will not make you immune to having enemies, but what it will do is it will protect you from your enemies. It will seat you at the table that the Lord has prepared for you and allow you to feast in the midst of them. The children of Israel had to be constantly reminded to give God thanks for the things that he had done. They were only ever concerned about their comfort and their well-being. David always remembered God. He was mindful of God all the time. He knew that God was with him. He gave God honor in the midst of his difficulties. While his enemies surrounded him, he had an appetite for thanksgiving. Do you believe that you have an appetite for thanksgiving? Are you the kind of person that will give God praise even when you can't see a way out? Do you want to be the kind of person that gives God a throne in your life where he can be seated no matter what? Is that who I'm speaking to tonight? For those of you at home, are you the kind of people like David where no matter what was happening around him, you gave God thanks. You created a throne. You placed him on the throne of your life. It's really saying to God that no matter what happens in my life, I worship you nonetheless. That is a relationship with God. In your marriage, for those of you that are married and you have a relationship with your spouse, you don't just honor each other on the good days. You don't walk away from that relationship or, or, or uh, uh, you know, you don't recognize it at all when you're going through a bad time. In fact, what happens is generally you get closer to work together so that you can make it through whatever it is that you're having to make it through. That's how God wants to be with you. He wants to be in the throne of your life. How many of you would say to me tonight, yeah, I wanna have God on, on the throne of my life all the time. Come on, do I have folks like that here this evening? You wanna place God on a throne? We already did that earlier tonight when we came into his presence and worshiped him. We came and sat at the table and feasted in the presence or in the midst of our enemies and at the same time created a throne for God to be seated. And that's what I wanna leave with you tonight. Be mindful of the fact that God desires to be on the throne of your life all the time. And you can do that by being grateful, by giving uh, God glory, by honoring him, by giving him thanks no matter what. I make it a habit when I wake in the mornings, the first thing, before I do anything else, before I take my phone, I just give God thanks right there. I don't fall on my knees necessarily, I just lie there, but I'm always mindful of, of God. I'm always 
mindful of, well, I make a point of being mindful of him. Can I say that? I had to develop a habit, okay? So you do the same thing. I want to lead us in a confession. Come on, tonight we're going to give God some thanks here in this place. For those of you at home, I'm going to lead you in a confession. We're going to, as you do this, see God sitting on the throne in your life and, and just being glorified. And see your enemies sitting at the table trying to get at you and they can't believe. But instead of anything, instead of there being no appetite, you're feasting in their presence. Come on, let's say this. Say, Father, for those of you at home, come on, let's all do this together. Father, thank you for preparing a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. I am determined to look straight ahead. I recognize your presence in my life as you have prepared a seat for me at the table. I prepare a throne for you in my life through my praises. No matter what happens, Lord, I will always ensure that your throne is there because you have given me an appetite for thanksgiving. Thank you for being my God. Thank you for being my Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for all that you have done for me. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my health. Thank you for being with me. Come on, let's say that again. Thank you for being with me through this year. Thank you for our relationship, God. I worship you. I magnify you. I glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, family. I think God deserves all the praise right now. We thank you, Father, for always being there for us. We are like David. We thank you even though we cannot see. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'd like to ask every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed right now. Perhaps there are people here or some of you watching from home. And you know, it's very difficult for you to relate. Maybe it's easier for you to relate with the Israelites than it is for you to relate with David. Because perhaps your relationship with God isn't where it should be. Perhaps you don't even have a relationship with God. You know, God sent Jesus, His only Son, to die for you so that you could be in right standing with Him. Our relationship with God is not dependent on how good we are. It's dependent on whether or not we recognize Jesus and what He has done for us. And so this evening, if there's anybody here tonight who'd love to give your heart to the Lord, who'd like to make the Lord the God in your life, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand at a count of three. One, two, three. You can raise your hand right now. I'd love to pray with you for those. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. For those of you at home, if there's anybody at home and, and you wanna make right with God, or you wanna come into a relationship with God, I want all of you, those that are here and whatever other venue you're in here at the church, and for those of you at home, I'd like to lead you in a prayer right now. And I want you to just listen to the words that you're saying right now. Say this, say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you 
for sending Jesus. He died for me so that I can live. I acknowledge Jesus is the Son of God. He died for me and He was risen from the dead. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I give my life to you. Thank you that right now, because I've done this, I am in a relationship with you. I have become a child of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.